Hello and welcome back to Prospectives for Episode 7, your real estate podcast where you hear from two professional real estates on tips and tricks of the market, the New Hampshire market, and our national real estate news. I am Jessica Preventer, the broker, managing broker of Pro Homes with Lair Realty Partners, and this is my co-host, Keith Ballancourt. Hi, everyone. Also a professional real estate agent. In case you didn't know. <laughs> anyway, it's that time of the month where we get um, the news about the New Hampshire um, stats from last month, from April, yep. come, up, come up about right now. Um, what do you think overall of this? Was it kind of in line with what you were expecting? Yeah, well, actually, um, you know, I thought there, I actually thought there might be a bigger, um, a bigger dip. But it was a was substantial, substantial dip as far as sales closed over last last year, last April compared to this April, and the actual sales volume went down twenty uh, percent. But I, I actually thought the way that we were going, I thought it might be a little bit more. Um, the sales price is still up one percent, mm -hmm. so that's a, a a little bit of a positive. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on who you're talking yeah. to. It's a <laughs> positive for the sellers um yeah single family home prices are kind of standing strong um condos have come up about six percent to an average median price of 360 um and we're at about 450 for single families the reason that that is standing is because of these other things i mean pending sales dropped year over year by 17 percent. but the biggest thing and this is what's keeping our prices high while others are dipping across the country is our new listings our new listings are down almost 25 percent so in april of 2022 we had 1612 brand new listings that means new inventory that came on the market in april and this april we only had 1216 so that's like 400 plus fewer yeah fewer units and if you remember what we talked about in a private prior episode the lack of units that new hampshire has and that is what is continuing to keep these prices elevated um even though you know it looks like i mean we still also are only at 1.1 month of inventory remember a balanced oh, market sure. is six months right um so, you know, the, the information is, was not surprising to me. I was actually surprising that surprise single family home prices hadn't increased more. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of competition out there. Yeah, there's a lot of competition. Um, we just put in an offer um, this week with buyers. I think the original listing price was 475 hmm. and we went in at 510 and didn't get it. It's 35 over asking. I wonder if it has to do with, you know, a lot of people, I talk to a lot of people on there, you know, well, we're going to wait for rates to come down, rates to come down. And, you know, it, I don't know if it's just a, a mentality thing and everybody's kind of waiting for the same thing. And once rates go down, everybody's going to jump on that and prices are, they might even go up. So. Well, and that's, you know, we talked about that on a recent episode too. It's like, why is that the thing? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, rates remain historically low um and so yeah they're higher than the two and a half or the three you sure. might be sitting in but in the scheme of home ownership over the sure. last hundred years they're still pretty low um it's still cheap money and really you might be missing out on making some sort of equity well yeah i mean if you 
If you purchase now and you can afford the payment, that's always the caveat, don't over overextend. But if you can afford the payment at these higher rates, buy your property now. Because once rates come down, that property is going up in price and you potentially could have gained equity that you've now missed out on. You would still benefit from the lower rate because you can refinance. Um, and at that point, when the rates come down, you might have more people trying to buy it. So you might be putting in um, 100%. So our point is <laughs> inventory is still very tight in New Hampshire and it, you know, prices are remaining steady and we, you should jump now if you're looking to buy or sell or make a move. The time is right when it's right for you and reach out to one of us and we can make sure that we're the professional that guides you through that process. Sure. All right. So this, this next topic um, has a special place in my heart. Yes, as it should. Yeah. Okay. So the National Association of Realtors just put out um, today an article by Graham Wood about the biases that sellers have against FHA and VA loans and how that is really essentially hurting our most vulnerable home buyers. And what do you think about that? Have you heard anything? Well, you know. What you don't want is you don't want to become get into a situation where you don't trust the the process or the the, the checks and balances that are going on. You want to make sure everything's on the up and up. You don't want um, to not get chosen just because of a particular loan or something. As a matter of fact, I think you you were telling me earlier you have a VA. Loan. I do. We you know so you know I don't want that to be a reason for somebody else to get it versus you strictly. hundred percent. I so agree. I, I think it's a, a slippery slope. I do too. So technically, um, seller discrimination against certain types of financing isn't a protected class, right? It's, it's not again, it's not against fair housing. What typically happens is for VA, both VA and FHA loans have specific minimum standards that are required to get the loan. The biggest ones that jump out, you can't have any paling paint. You, you, you know, the floors need to be finished. Um, you can't be having any safety issues or missing handrails or whatever. So what happens is listing agents, right? Our, our fiduciary relationship, our legal fiduciary relationship is to the sellers. And so a lot of listing agents feel like they should advise sellers when given the option of conventional financing or VA or FHA, they suggest to go with conventional because conventional technically doesn't have those minimum standards. Sure. The appraiser still can call out those things, but um, you know, that that's the idea. While I understand that in most cases, mm -hmm. number one, most homes aren't going to have those issues, <laughs> right? Yeah. Especially so as you get, and to the higher price points, you're not dealing with this, um, you know, delayed um, maintenance sure. that that hasn't been taken care of. And so it should be a non-issue. If, if your home doesn't have peeling paint, isn't missing flooring, isn't not missing hand rule, a rails, you know, things like that, you should have no concern between choosing a conventional FHA or VA. They're, they're, that's completely not an, a concern so you're saying maybe maybe it's something that eventually over time it just kind of works itself out 
you know, and, and hopefully things don't fall off the rails from, from now till that point where it gets to the point where you're, the houses are new enough, the codes are, are good enough to where you're not going to run into, like you said, a lot of those issues. Well, I think that you have a lot of seller, a lot of list agents aren't educated. For example, a year or so ago, I had a buyer, she was FHA financing, which FHA is a great program, um, especially, in fact, this information, they said 84% of FHA loans go to first-time homebuyers. It's a great program for first-time homebuyers. Sounds like it's pretty necessary. Yeah, and so this one, you know, my client was trying to buy a home on her own. She fell in love. We had put multiple offers, but this was the one, right? She went in as high as she could. The listing agent called me. We were the highest offer but he was unfamiliar with FHA financing and advised his clients it was better to take conventional. So in his efforts to do his fiduciary duty to his sellers, he actually didn't, right? He cost them money. There was nothing on this home that an FHA appraiser would have called out. So not only did you take that opportunity away from this first time single mom homeowner and her ability to start growing generational wealth for her family, you also took money away from the seller from this like false fear that really doesn't exist. So, I mean, I really do believe you need to be an educated agent on different kinds of financing and what it really means. Um, it's slippery slope for sure. Yeah. And, and then the VA, a lot of times, I mean, one of the benefits of a VA loan is a hundred percent financing. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So you, you don't have to put 3%, 20%, 5%. You can do a hundred. That does not mean you have, don't have cash in the bank. And that's what I thought was really interesting here. Um, I thought I highlighted it, but maybe I didn't. Oh, here it is. Um, the average VA buyer, so because the contract comes in and it says 100% financing, again, a lot of times agents will advise their sellers, oh, this could be riskier. They, mm-hmm. They're not putting any cash down, blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, we have an escrow deposit. Sure. So they have skin in the game no matter what. But also the average VA buyer has a FICO score above 700 and $40,000 in cash reserves. So just because they don't have to use it, doesn't mean they don't have it it and doesn't mean they're a a secure buyer. And that's our case, right? We lucked out. We were able to purchase our our most recent home at that 2.5% interest. Why, if we have the ability to finance the whole thing at two and a half percent interest, which is basically free money, would we give up all our cash, especially during COVID, which was when we were buying, you know, when we didn't know what was going to happen? Why would we get rid of all our cash when we have the opportunity? had nothing to do with our credit score, our eligibility for buying, any of that. So, I mean, I think it's a real, and to be honest, like, our bets give a lot. Yeah. Like, you know, this is a small, in my opinion, small benefit for them to get for the sacrifices that they and their family have made for us. So I think it's a real, real um, big topic disadvantage when Huge. agents don't do what they're, you know, really don't know what they're doing and what they're advising. They're just opting out because they're not knowledgeable and the, enough. Wait, and the seller, the seller might not know. Of course the seller doesn't know. know. So if the seller is going, like you said, based on who you pick and your realtor and that sort of thing, then, um, you know, shame on them. And and, uh, 
Yeah. I mean, and obviously if you're talking about a property that is kind of falling apart, okay, well then maybe that's thing. But even that, there are creative solutions. There are 203k loans, which are rehab loans, which are an FA, you know, a national product um, that will allow buyers to also borrow additional funds to fix the things. You can do escrow holdbacks in order to get some work done. A lot of these um, things, like I said, are small, you know, like putting up a handrail. You, maybe the buyer is willing to do that on their own for 50 bucks or yes. something. I mean, there's lots of options and to just like blanketly put those at the bottom of the pile is I think a real disadvantage to both sellers and buyers. Well, I think that we're doing a good job today of bringing those from the bottom of the pile back up yeah. to the top. Take a look. Take a look, agents <laughs> out there. Money. They have money. <laughs> they have money. <laughs> uh, but that really brings us to, to the final topic yep. this week. Don't get discouraged, agent. Do not get discouraged. Yeah, agents and and clients. I mean, I think it is our job um, to be creative, to advocate for our clients. And if we start to get discouraged about all the offers we're putting in that we're not getting, I mean, I might have sounded a little bitter <laughs> when I was just talking about VA and FHA. <laughs> so it is first. I did get a VA buyer under contract um, this weekend uh, with good communication with this listing agent and explaining okay. the process. So I think like you have to be going above and beyond for your clients right now. It's not as simple as just submitting the offer. You need to call the listing agent. You need to educate if you can connect them with the lender or those things make a real difference. And um, surround yourself with people that can encourage you not to give up because we don't want our clients to give up. Because we won't. Because we won't. That's right. Great tips. What do you do to stay you know, because it's hard. And and the amount of discouragement that can occur in this business is all along the way, right? It's it's the it's the lead that calls you and you think, oh, they're hot and heavy, they're ready to go, and then all of a sudden they're drop off the face of the earth. Yeah, you know, you could be looking for places for somebody and then all of a sudden you find a think you find a spot and you don't get a call and then all of a sudden you get a random email that they're all set or you know, could be a number of things, but the, it's about keeping a long term perspective in this game. Um, you know, keeping up with the numbers, doing the research, looking at the data and knowing that it's, it's, it's a long-term thing. Um, rates are going to fluctuate, buyers, sellers are going to come and go, but you know, we're here for the long haul. We're mm -hmm. looking every single day We're we're ready. And, um, for me, I think it's just a, it's just a mentality to get up and, and, uh, start early, get grinding and know that, um, you know, we're going to persevere. We're going to find what we need to find. We're going to get these um, sellers, get them out of their homes, get these buyers into their homes and uh, make everybody's lives easier. Yeah. And I think action is key. Don't you? I, th I think like when you're doing things to, to go forward, it feels more empowering than when you're just waiting for something to happen. Sure. Right. So for example, here, we do a lot of so yeah we know the market's tight we know things are going like this so we make it a point to go out and look for properties for our buyers that aren't necessarily on the market yet to network 
with other agents, with investors to be sending letters and door knocking and um, social media presence of like, hey, who's out there? This is what I'm looking for. And when you're in action, it's encouraging sure. and, and, it, and you know you feel like you're you're accomplishing something and also it drives results right. rather than you're like oh there's nothing on the market it's like well go go create some inventory That's you right. know yeah, um, just like we would for our sellers right. you know oh nobody wants my house well how we're generating the interest we need to be marketing we need to be going out there yeah when we when we see or when we talk with a buyer we're asking them what they want because we're going to go out and we're going to find that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that action is huge. So if you're feeling kind of like you're not getting anywhere. Um, Talk to us. We'll, we'll cut you up. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it takes a village. It takes all of us. And, you know, that is another thing that we really pride ourselves on um, is, is good relationships with other agents. Mm -hmm. It goes a long way. And this job can be a little bit lonely as we're all kind of running our own businesses. So collaborate, network, um, mastermind, and talk to other agents and let them build you up, inspire you, encouraging they will. you. They will, absolutely. Yeah, we all want the same thing. Buyers and sellers in their new homes or moving on to their next big adventure. So speaking of that, we're going to close out today. And don't forget to email, call, or text with your ideas. We can't wait to see you again next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.